Good evening, everybody. Um, my name's Dan Reed. Uh, I'm Kieran Watkins. And this is our first official podcast, Great Expectations. Great Expectations. So, what is Great Expectations? Well, what is Great Expectations, Kieran? <laughs> oh, that's a bat and pass if I've ever seen one. Basically, <laughs> Great Expectations. Dan and myself, we love film. We watch films all the time, we talk about them all the time. I'm not going to pretend that I know a lot about film, I just like to watch them. Yeah, same here. I mean, I'm just a fan of cinema and fan of film. The Internet Movie Database has a list. The world's greatest 250 films. And we found that list one day and we scrolled through it and it turns out we haven't seen very many of them. I've seen about 40, which for a fan of film is pretty bad. So the idea that we have is that we'll go through these films one by one, but not uh, from numerical order. What we decided to do is to pick a random number from 1 and 250 and watch the film of that number. And um, then what we do is summarise it and talk about it. Talk about it. You know, we're going to give it a review. And in the terms of great expectations, obviously all of these 250 films comes with great expectations because they're voted in this list. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to say, did it meet your expectations? This time, for our very first one, you know, we pulled the number out of the hat and that was 221. Could be a family film that we've seen hundreds and hundreds of times, really enjoyed. But what was it then? Throne of Blood. Throne of Blood by, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but who cares? Akira Kurosawa. Apparently a super well-known director, I'm not going to lie. When we pulled out Throne of Blood, we immediately had to Google Throne of Blood. Yep. Um, Never seen it, but I'm pretty sure the first thing we saw was, oh, the Japanese Macbeth. You don't really need to read anything more into the synopsis. It's the Japanese If you've Macbeth. read Macbeth or you know about Macbeth, then um, pretty much the podcast ends here for you. Yeah, that's uh, it. Don't, don't <laughs> listen anymore. Just set it in feudal Japan and you're away. Yeah, there you go. But if you'd like to listen and listen to some funnies, then please do continue. Yep, so this is the first one of at least 250 episodes. God, that's setting a precedent. At least quite a lot of episodes. Um Excuses if it's a bit rubbish. We're going to waste your life, buddy. Yeah. Enjoy. Great expectations. So, yeah, so basically the story is... Japanese Macbeth. Yeah. Um, I mean, Macbeth in this film is played, the uh, character's name is Washitsu? Washizu? Washizu, Washitsu, we can call him that. Yeah, whatever. He was played by, again, going to pronounce this wrong, but Toshiro Mifune. Mifune? Mifune? Yeah. I don't know. But he was fucking brilliant. Yeah, Absolutely really brilliant. Yeah. Facial expressions for days, like, everything lived in his facial expression. Stone-faced. Yeah. You know, had a lot of, he didn't show a lot of emotion in that face, it was just one kind of face throughout the whole film. Yeah. I mean, he was scared. He was scared. Yeah. I mean, you have to understand this film's from like 1957, so it was an experience. It was incredibly tough to watch in parts, mm-hmm. obviously being a six-year-old film. Granted, we, we've got a Blu-ray. We watched that. It was still a very hard film to watch. Really weird transitions. Like, we're talking George Lucas-style transitions oh, before screen, George Lucas. Yeah, yeah, screen swipes. A lot of fog. A lot of fog. A lot of fog. A lot of fog. I mean, I, I mean you wrote down and you noticed that, that you know, more than half the budget was probably spent on uh, the fog machine. On fog, on dry ice, yeah, on yeah, fog. Yeah. That's actually my first two notes. The first one I've got is sick transitions, which of course they were, and then dry ice budget through the roof. 
that's it. That, that was that was the beginning. That was the first ten minutes of the film. Two yeah, guys yeah. wandering through a forest with Shih Tzu and his best mate Miku trying to go home. Yeah, so it's kind of set in like ancient Japan in the ancient Japan era. So you've got kind of like castles, lords, um, samurais, armies, and to kind of break it down, there is a like a great lord who kind of rules. I'm going to say the nation or rules the land um, that that the film is set in. And then there's these two warriors, there's Washizu and Miku, and these two are best buds from childhood. Uh, and they do everything together, and they're like the badass kind of like pair of the army. So Washizu and Miku are returning from battle. Just bouncing through the forest. Yeah, really, trying, yeah, to get, yeah. trying to get home. Basically, the castle, the main castle, is in the middle of just a massive forest. A massive forest without any clear paths. Yeah because you, you know you really want to make it easy to go home you can get lost in there obviously to the benefit of people in the castle to people finding the castle bit of a ball I mean tactically if you've got a castle surrounded by a forest that's perfect I mean, if you if enemies going to come and attack your castle you've got a forest around there it kind of acts like a moat true but say you've run out of toilet paper you know <laughs> down the shops like the Tesco aren't delivering into a forest or at least not one with like a clear in and out. Tesco may deliver, but it's going to be a long while. <laughs> of course, before other, it gets there. other supermarkets aren't yeah, available. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how this works. We've never done a podcast before. <laughs> but um, right, so Mishizu, uh, Washitsu, Washizu, sorry, and Miki, Miku are wandering through the forest and they start hearing some weird noise. And this is pretty much where it gets to the Macbeth story. See an evil spirit. Um, of course, the three witches are replaced by one old dude. Spinning a jenny of yarn or something. He's got so some yeah, just sort of turning a wheel, making silk. Is it Rumpelstiltskin? And he's singing a song. He's singing a song of premonition. Oh no, he's not singing a song of premonition. Sorry, no, he's just singing. A he's song. just singing a song. Yeah, it's just an eerie, creepy song. Um, again, <laughs> fog through the arsehole everywhere. They um, they stumble upon him, and they sort of have a little chat, and then it turns out that this guy is a witch or an evil spirit, as they like to call it throughout the film, and he lays down a prophecy. Yeah. The prophecy. The prophecy that the leader of the first army, which is our hero, as we're going to call him, the Wishizu, that he will become the Lord of the Garrison. And uh, I assume the Lord of the Garrison is like the tier below uh, the Great Lord, and he's kind of like the leader of all armies, all, all five armies, as we um, we find that there's five armies within the film. Um, and Miku would be uh, promoted from second army to first army. So Miku's following in Wishizu's footsteps. Aye. And they're all, you know, they, I think they have a pretty good laugh at that. It's like, yeah. oh, that'll never happen. That's never going to happen. Yeah. And then the spirit continues to say that Wishizu is then going to take the great lord's role. He's going to end up as great lord. He's going to be big boss, basically. He's going to be the big boss. I yeah. mean, you know... It's pretty good. It's a pretty good promotion. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, at, the, at this moment in time, uh, Washizu and Miku are they're having a great time. They're, they're just laughing it off, thinking, "Oh, this random guy in the forest that we've just suddenly become lost in. We know our way back to the castle." That's the weird thing about it. They've been they, yeah, they that know forest they've, they've so many all flipping the times. Time how to go home? How to get there? And somehow on that very day, when the fog is a bit low and a bit too misty, could have been the fog. Could have been the fog. They got lost. They got lost. They found the evil spirit. The evil spirit told them that they were going to get a promotion. Washizu was going to get a super promotion. Yeah. And then Miku's son was then going to get 
what, like a quadruple promotion? Yeah, From, like, yeah. son to great lord? It was almost like saying, okay, so Wishizu, you're going to become big boss, but eventually your best mate's son is going to become big boss. So, yeah. That's so that, that was the premonition. Oh, shit, I've actually written down here that in being lost, they were lost for a total of four minutes and 27 seconds. Oh, there's a lot of left and right. There's yeah. a lot of shots where it was almost quite comedic where they, they'd run to the left, they'd run forwards, they'd run back, then run to the right. They're in the same spot. They, just, they got lost very easily. It was one of those where we... The story's probably quite short, Macbeth. I mean, the last time I studied it was year nine in secondary school, but it's not exactly the longest thing in the world. So padding this out for one hour 50 probably needed the four minutes lost in fog. But anyway, they've heard these stories, they've heard the premonitions, they laugh it all off. They walk back. They've been riding, apparently, for three days, have worn out three steeds. So that's three horses that have died underneath them. So, did you, you know, see those other horses, by the way? Because I did not no, see any no, I did not. Horses. I, I only saw one two, horse. Yeah, two horses, one each. One each. That was it. But, I mean, they, they finally get out of the forest and they can see the castle. You know, home, a shower, well, not a shower, a, a bath in a pond somewhere, <laughs> probably some sake and a bowl of rice is waiting for them. But... No, they're just going to get off and have a little rest because they're tired. They uh, laughed off the premonition with, oh, gosh, with yeah. a, a, a dual reminiscence of joyous tidings. Joyous tidings. Ominous pause. <laughs> but yet. And then they carried on. That was it. Joyous tidings. Yeah, they kind of sat outside the castle for a while. I mean, if you get so far and you can see the castle, I mean, what? It's about 200 yards away. I'd just be like, guy, dude, we're so close. Let's just go. I wouldn't just stop and go, do you know what? I'm really tired. I'm going to just, I know, I know this arm is weighing I'm, me down. Yeah, I'm, I'm really tired. I know I'm I can walk, see home. I'm going to walk the end. I'm We've up. been riding a horse. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to get off and walk the, the last the 200 yards. Because my arm is really heavy. So <laughs> the, the walking is all right. Anyway, they get the promotions. They sort of get called up. They get given ceremonial swords. And bam, bam, bam. The premonition is first part of the premonition comes true. And there's a screen wipe. And we're back with uh, Macbeth, sorry, Wushizu's, Wushizu's wife for the first time. Asagi, that's Asa- the name. Asagi. Asagi, yeah, staring into the distance. Yeah. And pretty much she's, you know, Wushizu's like got a promotion at work today. Isn't it amazing? Isn't my boss great? Really likes the work I'm doing. Yeah. Put in the extra effort and he's given me a boost. You no. can imagine it, can't you? Like, Asagi, oh, oh, today, what, oh, my neck, oh, it kills. Three steeds, oh, three yeah, of them died. Three of them, yeah. We got so far, then we just kind of took a rest, and then we came back, and then, yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, I'm promoted. Uh, we're now rulers of the first army, and uh, I saw a creepy guy who kind of foretold that. And he, you know what he else he said? He said, "I'm going to become Lord of the Manor. I'm going to be big boss." She believes him totally. There's, there's no kind of like, again, no question of that. No question. Yeah. This evil Have you been spirit. on the Saki again? Yeah. Evil spirit told him what's going to happen. She immediately, out of nowhere, says, well, the only way you're going to become Big Boss is by killing Big Boss, right? Yeah. Hang on, what? But how has she gone from from A to B to fucking Z? You have to understand that this is the first woman we see in the film, and immediately I've just written down, it's the folly of women. She is the instigator. The first woman, she's evil, and it's all for her own self-gain, which, I mean... Obviously, it's 2015. It's pretty bullshit. Yeah. The only woman you see in the film is immediately the source of all evil. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Lady Macbeth, again, she was pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, you always see in, like, cartoons, you always see, like, the devil and the angel on your shoulder. There's only a devil on this guy's shoulder throughout the whole film. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no angel going, 
Well, she's a mate. Mate, uh, she's best, best, best pal. Come on. Yeah. Remember when you got two pissed on Saki and he carried yeah, you yeah. on and he <laughs> held your little ponytail yeah. back when you were thrown up? No, mate, that's Miku. He wouldn't. <laughs> no, he wouldn't do that. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, it was just devils on shoulders throughout the whole film. And it just happens to be his wife. So the pace kind of picks up from here. She's telling him, look, if you're going to do this, you've got to do it now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a quote I wrote down was, uh, will you risk the world? Ambition makes the man. Like, that's powerful words. Like, you know, are you going to give up everything or are you going to murder your best mate? I know like Japanese culture, there's a lot of pride and a lot of honour, especially with ancient Japan. Honour was everything. <laughs> honour goes out the window here. Betrayal becomes like the, the kind of forefront of the whole... Honour's fucked up within about two minutes of his wife going, are you going to kill your best mate? No. Are you sure? But pride, oh, okay then. Pride is number one in this. Pride is definitely number one. And when um, uh, Asagi says, look, we're going to do this. We're going to do it now. There's no kind of questioning by um, Washizu. He's he doesn't even say anything. He's just got the face. He, oh, Washizu's face. <laughs> the, stern just, uh, face. the stern face. The stone cold face <laughs> of a man who's like he's probably like in, in in his conscious kind of thinking. I really don't want to do this, but I can't back down because if I back down, that shows weakness. Yeah. I mean, I mean, pro- I'm probably going to go back on exactly what I just said there about Asagi being the only woman in the film, and she's sort of the root of all evil, but. She's fucking powerful. Yeah, Inception. She's really yeah. powerful. She's like planting seeds left, right and centre. You know, she could be a farmer. You know, the Great Lord shows up. Wishizu freaks out completely. Out of Cra- nowhere. Crazy music. Out of nowhere. Just bombards us. Really shocking, actually. Just really piercing sort of flute. Typical yeah, yeah. J- Japanese music from, say, Feudal Japan. It's probably not Feudal Japan, so I might call that out. It's just, it's there. And everyone freaks out. Wishizu especially. Because he thinks the Great Lord, Miku's dobbed him in. Great Lord's going to just murk him, basically. Yeah, exactly. But apparently the Great Lord just took 300 men out hunting incognito. Incognito. That is oh, mate, If you're going to go incognito, take 300 men. Yeah. Take 300 of them. But I mean, actually, what we're missing out entirely from this conversation before the plot to kill the Great Lord falls into the hands of Wujizu is Asagi's outfit. What is that? It's, it looks like something that's made out of polyester. It, yeah, one hundred percent polyester. It looks nice. It, you know, it's there. It fits in with the scene, but it doesn't have to make some noise. Yeah. Every time a sergey would scuba. Scuba is a good word. Good word. Scuba is a good word. Scoover. From my gaming days, scuba. Yeah. Scuba around. Just scooping around. Those squeak, guys squeak, must squeak, be rubbing squeak, together squeak, squeak, because. Squeak. The Great Lord arrives at Bushizu, sorry, uh, Manor, and he's staying overnight. And he's got the soldiers of another uh, leader or commander's uh, army, Nariusu. Nariusu, there we go. Nariusu. Nariusu's army is protecting the Great Lord at uh, Washizu's manor. And that night there are three... Just three? Just just mind you, the 300 who'd been there, but just three <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, 300 there. So what's three that? Having a watch. 1%? 1%. 1%. Exactly, 1%. Complete Army is watching is the Great Lord. Is, is, is watching the Great Lord. That's brilliant. Everyone he's, else is having a nap. He's that badass. Yeah. That, an do you know what? If I could put a percentage on it, I'll have one percent. Yeah. How many back. guys you want you to watch tonight, mate? Yeah. One. Just one percent. Uh, what? One tenth? No, mate. One <laughs> percent. I'll have three. So these three dudes are kind of just sat outside, and Asagi has a plan to give them a concoction of sake and, I don't know, some sort of drug within the sake that will make them a bit drowsy and fall asleep. Whilst those three are asleep, 
It's then up to um, Washizu to shank him, basically. Yeah, shank him. He, he gets shanked. The Great Lord, poor Great Lord, gets absolutely shanked. Washizu comes back covered in blood. I can't wife. believe what he's just done. Yeah, he can't believe what he's done. His wife is stoic, as always. No, no reaction. Eyebrows painted on probably five feet above where her eyebrows should be. She takes a spear from him, covered in blood. Classic Lady Macbeth. There's blood on his hands. What are we going to do? Matches the dagger from Macbeth, etc., etc. Yeah. And then she leaves the room. Immediately shouts that the Great Lord's been murdered and it's somebody else's fault. It's the guy over there. It's that guy. Yeah, Rishizu then kills the 1% of the army. Yeah, um, And them. blames it on Nariusu's... Well, blames it on Nariusu. On himself, yeah. On himself, yes. So Nariusu and the prince... The Great Lord's the son. The Great Lord's son. They bounce. They, they, they gone. They're gone. So they bounce. There's an amazing chase scene. Like, you know, we're talking hundreds of people in this fleeing army. Um, no battle, just fleeing. Then it gets weird. They get to Miku's palace. Yeah, um, so we must, I uh, must interject here. Sorry, Karen. That Miku, Washizu's best mate, he's looking after the Great Lord's, well, Spider's Web Castle, where the Great Lord lives, whilst the Great Lord is off hunting incognito. And uh, so Miko's at the castle, and this is where Nari Yusu and the prince are fled to, because they think, we can find solace here. If we bang on the doors and say, look, my dad's been murdered, you've got to believe me, but we think it's the the, the scheming plan of uh, Washizu, they'll let him in. But Miku's got other ideas, hasn't he? So Miku just does now. Absolutely nothing. So, you know, yeah, they're they're sort of banging on the gate and they curse Miku. Like, how dare you not let in? No, they don't get let in. And then um, Washizu turns up, chases them, fires arrows at them, gets in with a few. I'm pretty sure there were two. Like, you know, they're tearing two arrows out of themselves at least. I mean, this was the height of body armour. The bamboo kind of like shoot, kind of like front. Oh, yeah. I mean, may have stopped one or two, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that one or two might have got through. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, they pull those out and then they bounce again. They run away. And Washizu doesn't kill them for no, some he doesn't, reason. He doesn't, I don't understand. Doesn't oh, I know why. Because <laughs> um, he lets them go. Because Miku didn't open the gate. Miku's more started, important. Yeah, he started worrying that Miku was going to claim the great castle for himself. Exactly. Despite is, being Bezzy mates. This is where the consuming desire comes into play. Uh, with nah, I'm going to say, is it his consuming desire, or is it is it is he living his wife's confusing? I think at this point, confusing he's, desire. I think he's confusing. still living his wife's, but at this point in time, this is where he's starting to kind of like shift to his own mindset. It's like, damn it, this is what I want. And so Miku becomes his first priority, and and making Miku believe in him is is the goal. So he bangs on the door. Miku lets him in. Ah, but the the only way to get him to open the door was to say. All right, mate, it's me, my I've best got, pal. I've got the coffin off the... I've got, I've got the Great Lord's body, though, if you want, if you want to have a look, mate. You know, you've got stabs, stabs. Which comes the exceptionally long scene of walking. Oh, God, long-ass shots, loads of silence. That oh. is the exact written note that I've got. It's about eight minutes. That The whole walk-in, the coffin walk-in with at least 300 extras, uh, 100 extras, it was like eight minutes long of just slow walking. It did remind me of um, Peter Jackson's Little Rings. <laughs> yeah. Walking, really just, just walking with armor and weapons and a corpse. Just yeah, just load, <laughs> just loads, loads of shots of walking. This was when it got really tough to watch because nothing was happening, but it was just slow, slow and really quite painful. So I mean, they get in there. Wishizu is pronounced Great Lord because why not? 
you know, he's he's carried the coffin in, so he can't have killed him. That's... Well, if you remember, Miku and uh, Washizu had that talk about the prophecy, and it's like, look, this has got to happen. You, the guy, oh yeah, oh, that, that weird oh, dude I, said that you. That weird become, dude said you're going to do you're it. Become lord, so so you're going to become lord. But and then Washizu was was really like, ah, oh, thanks, buddy. You know, I know you're my bestie. Thanks I'm, for vouching for yeah, me. You know, I'm you, you got make my your son I'll get yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was that was the deal that like he'd deal. make his son the heir, and it was totally believable. Wishizu, you know, having a having a bit of a bance, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. laughing away. Oh, isn't this great? I'm great, Lord Miku's second in command. Miku's son is going to take over my job. We're, you know, I'm going to reign for a generation. We get what we want. If the film ended there, it'd be quite nice in a way. It's like two best buds ru- ruling the kingdom. Yeah, it's a buddy film. It's a great, yeah, it's yeah, best yeah, buddy yeah. film. Yeah, and they could go on and then like rule the kingdom have many battles and that'd be pretty badass that'd be cool I'll tell you what happens though uh, Asagi's there isn't she she's not having any she's, of that she's evil man I've got women are either evil or weak there's nothing in between so basically every time you see a woman in this film she's either bowing down and crying or trying to plot someone's demise yeah that's it there's, no in, there's no in between <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> the two sides of the coin are like very highly scaled like, yeah uh, I'm a, we're having a note. That's the for me. That's the devil and angel thing that women uh, can 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 show. Yeah, no. But when, whenever Asagi's talking to Washizu about you know shanking his best mate, killing his son, killing the great lord, there's not a crying woman on his other shoulder saying, "Don't do this! <laughs> Don't do this! This is so bad." <laughs> He's just got the devil bowing at his feet. Yeah, I mean, a lot of women do bow at his feet, but um... not not in the not in the way that you'd. Uh, Hopeful. Exactly. So, Asagi basically says, "Unlucky, mate. I know you said that Miku, Miku's son's going to rule." She's quite mad, actually. She yeah. actually, she, we even said. I mean, well, you even said during the film, it's like she ain't going to like that because well, she's just like, "This is how it is." You know, Miku's son's going to be heir. I'm well happy about that. I'm blue, that is I'm how Lord of the that is how kingdom. the prophecy went. I'm going to rule. Miku's son's going to take on after me. Best buds for life. Bam! High five. High five, freeze frame ending, everyone's happy. Saki around. Yeah, exactly. Magical never ending Saki exactly. all around. But Saji has fucking other ideas. She kind of blows a lid. I mean, she, I'm saying in terms of blowing lid, she, it, it was a very subtle blow. It was a very lid. subtle blow of lid, but, but you could it was, tell. It was, it was left, the lid was left slightly ajar. Yeah, yeah. yeah She's yeah. a little bit angry. Bit murked. Because. We find out that Wishizu and Asagi are barren, they can't have kids. Um, two sentences later, that's bullshit, because Asagi's pregnant. Yeah, what the fuck? There was no sex scenes throughout this whole film. So we can only imagine what has happened. Yeah, you know, because Wasagi's been in battle for at least two months. He was lost in the forest for, yeah, he, for mate, he was, three days. <laughs> yeah. He's lost in the forest for three days. He rode through the fog for like at least two weeks. Asagi is barren, but now she's pregnant. So he's going to become, or she even, is going to become the heir of the, uh, the kingdom. Yeah. A child is going to rule forever. And Wasagi is like, oh no, but I said my best mate's son. Yeah. I'm gonna, oh, and they arranged this great big do? meal, didn't they? You know, this... my Bezzy, he's going to come. I'm going to name him in the air. We've got a feast on. We're going to have a bowl of rice each. <laughs> uh, no, nah, mate, you're going to have to milk your best mate. It's, it's, it's completely bizarre now because he organises this grand kind of buffet. I think it's actually called the Grand Buffet, uh, where they sit in a square. And um, Miku and his son are supposed to turn up and he's 
they're going to announce Miku's going to become the heir. Miku's son's going to become the heir to me. I wish Izu's drinking this magical sake that never ends. The magical drinking, sake you know, that goes off Yeah, off he's, he's, he's drinking it from a saucer, basically. And he puts out a shot and then it comes back in and it's full again. It was amazing. Like... Quite genius. Uh, there was nothing there to pour the sake. It was very because, Disney. Yeah, we see very quickly that out of nowhere, Rishizu goes a bit mental. He starts freaking out and he looks and he sees Miku's corpse as an evil spirit. Yep. And you're thinking, hang on, Miku, Miku was supposed to be there, but now he's now he's an evil spirit. What's happened? So Rishizu freaks out, loses his shit, basically, for a good, you know, two minutes. Yeah. Starts in front of everyone. In front, in front of, all in front that, of everyone. All of his, the... his grand council, I do believe it was called. Yes. Um, so he loses his shit. His wife stands up and goes, he's had too much sake, he's a bit pissed. At which point we, we sort of cut That was out. genius, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we, was cut, great we cut out to a wide shot of the magical sake pourer, nowhere to be seen. Yep. It's just been poured itself. You know, Asaji gets up, nah, he's, he's had a few too many. He's had a few too many. It's fine. Wife's covering for a straight up murderer. That's that's what I've got here as a, a note because yep. we can only assume that. So he's a bit pissed. Uh, let's uh, calm down. Everyone sit down. Let's have a celebrate with some more sake. And then he calms down, but then he flips again. Yeah, because he sees the spirit <laughs> of his best friend again for the second time. And then he goes absolutely batshit crazy. Yeah, gets is... his sword out, starts stabbing thin air, and then Just that's when the wife turns around and goes. Retire. Go home, guys. Retire, please. On, like, to bed. Everyone like, to bed. Yeah. And then you cut out to a wide shot. And the poor Saki Pora, who was there all along, he was hiding somewhere. In the corner. Yeah, in the corner. Scared himself. Yeah. Retire! To, yeah, he has to retire as well. Uh, so it's just um, Asagi and Washizu in the room. And Washizu, sorry, is a bit of a mess. And Asagi looks really pissed off. She looks fucking disappointed, doesn't she? And then a soldier of Washizu turns up. Carrying a head, and he starts one. Wow, we don't know his head. We just see. Oh, it, just it's see, like, pretty obviously a head. There's like a blood stain <laughs> at the bottom, and then there's like a big circle. It's like a white rag, it, like a mound. Yeah, it, it could be like, you know, it could be like some vegetables or something. It's like, Lord, I've returned. <laughs> Lord, I've brought you this. Pumpkin. I've been through the Spanish web forest. This large watermelon. I've been through the Spanish web forest for ten days, and I've brought you pomegranate. You know, some tropical <laughs> fruit. <laughs> A, you know, a it, was de- it was definitely a head it was a head it, it was, was straight up a head it because his, he starts it, to unravel it and it's Miku's head it's his because best surprise mate. surprise Wushizu's murked his best mate Wushizu's done the dirty he's done the dirty he's killed his bezzy at the request of Asagi horrible woman but what we do find out as well is that Miku may be dead but Miku's son was wounded and he's not dead and the soldier that carried the head to the Grand Buffet is then slayed for his incompetence. Yeah, is that, that's one of the first on-screen actual deaths that we see, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's quite bad. It's at the hand of Washizu. He gets stabbed, and the guy dies for a, a full minute and he a half. stabbed once, and then it takes a long time to die. A that's a full minute and a half. It's something I've, uh, I noticed throughout the whole film, is that when people die, it is not quick. No. Long, painless, yeah, arduous. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Miki's dead. His son's escaped. And his son has actually gone to join the prince's, uh, the great lord's son, and completely forgotten his name. Nariusu. Nariusu. Yep. Um, but they, those three, have gone to join Inui. Inui, the original baddie. Inui was the original baddie. He, he was, was the one that was starting the, all the of the wars. I don't even think we talked about that. Well, he was attacking it's the a bit great unknown, lord isn't it? Place. So the first grand battle at the beginning of the film, 
It was all started from a guy called Anui, and he wanted to dethrone the Great Lord. And uh, Why not? That's all we heard about him. Yeah, now Anui... Hey, hey, that's how the Great Lord got his job. He killed the previous Great Lord. That's exactly how it goes down in Spider's Web Castle. And then there's quite a big passage of time here. Asagi... She yeah. has a stillbirth, a stillbirth yeah. which is awful, but again lays true, it, sort of part of the prophecy. I can't remember if that happens in Macbeth, if Lady Macbeth is ever pregnant. Can I just say at this moment in time, the way that um, the director's kind of shot everything, it's really quite minimalist in terms of, there's one scene where um, Shizu kind of walks into the room and there's a table, well not even a table, it's more like a desk. And it has the Great Lord's helmet, and then there's a sword balanced across the across the wall, and that's all that's in the shot. There's him, the sword, and the helmet, and I thought that was like really cool, man. I, I love that kind of minimalist kind of shot where everything's just there's a lot of detail, but there's not, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I mean, it, you can you can take from that quite a lot of things. I mean, people will have studied this as quite a famous film, um, very famous director. People just studied that as in the the cinematography itself, you know, like the setting of the scene is equal to the way that Wishizu is feeling. So that he's got nothing. Like he's got the remnants of the great lord to one side and his his own sword and blood on the other on the other side and it's him. I thought it was pretty completely isolated. Actually, the way the way it was shot. Completely isolated with nothing, because obviously his best mate's dead. Yeah. Great Lord's dead, his his son and or daughter is is dead and his wife is of very ill health yeah. at this moment in time you've got all his enemies kind of building as one so his Noriyusu mm-hmm. Noriyusu the prince's son Miku's son and Inui and Inui the big bad guy they're massing forces in the forest now so they're sort of moving towards yeah they're him. in spiders web forest um, now so Wushiku balls out into the forest clear as day, to go and talk to the evil spirit. Yeah, he calls him out. And says... What the fuck? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, like, what the fuck? Um, you know, he said I'm going to be Great Lord. I am Great Lord. He said Miku's son was going to be my successor. What's going to happen now? Because I am Great Lord, and I will never let my position go. So the evil spirit says, you'll be right so long as the trees of this very forest don't attack you. And he laughs it off. Laughs it off, because... <laughs> How are trees? How are trees going to attack? I wrote down trees to attack equals fire. How wrong I was. We actually thought about it for a bit because we, yeah. we were saying like, how can a tree be used as a weapon? It was like, I mean, it's, it's maybe obviously, it's mowed down yeah, used as a like a battering ram or something because battering it was obviously going to happen. Wishizu has to die and lose the battle because that's what happens in Macbeth. So Wishizu laughs it all off. You know, how can trees move? How can trees be a battle? And he bowls on back to the castle. Yeah, yeah. He's quite happy at that point. Yeah. Or everyone else shitting themselves. Yeah, because they've seen their great lord lose it several times. Uh, and B, there's a fucking army out there ready to bloody attack them, um, which is probably greater than theirs. And they probably know that at the time. Yeah. So um, he's, odds are against them. Yeah. He's got a little meeting with his great council who are all a bit, a bit freaking out. Out of nowhere, birds come pouring through the window. Crows. Thousands of crows and one pigeon. One pigeon. Just that yeah, just the one, because it was a pigeon that proceeds to uh, sit on his shoulder. Wishizu's shoulder. A oh, pigeon great scene sits pigeon on Wishizu's shoulder. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. It wasn't supposed to happen. I don't think the director said, right, this pigeon is trained to land on his shoulder. It's almost as good as Hitchcock's birds. And it turns to face the camera. With the crows. Yeah. The pigeons and the crows bowl into the castle, 
and the Great Council take it as an ominous sign. Yep. And Wushizu is like, don't be daft. This is great. How can you? How dare you take this as an ominous sign? This is a this is a sign of my victory. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Then there's a bit of a scream. Asagi going mental. Classic Lady Macbeth scene. Blood on the hands. Blood on the hands. She can't get it away. There's no blood on her hands. Yeah, it's all imaginary. It's, it's all there in her head. She's scrubbing those. She's hands finally. Around. She's finally sort of feeling humanity at this point. Of yeah. what has she done? She's killed people. She'll never get rid of these. The blood on her hands, basically. It's quite literally, the blood on her hands. Yeah. So Wishizu at this point sort of like leaves his leaves his a bit crazy wife and goes outside and sees his men all freaking out because there's an army outside. Why wouldn't you freak out? There's an army outside yeah. the Trust castle. And, and to be fair, he does a good job for Gina Moore. Oh, he does a really good job. He, you know, he gets up, third floor of the castle, looks out, I mean, this, sees the forest. This ain't Bill Pullman Independence Day speech, but this is a pretty good It's a good, good speech, speech, yeah. yeah. He, you know, he looks out and he, and he looks at the trees and he says, you know what? He basically, he tells... Everybody. He tells the sailors. He prophecy. tells the sailors the prophecy, and I thought that was quite weird. Actually, sort of these men who are supposed to fight for your life. You know, he says, "Oh, an evil spirit said I am going to become Lord of the First Garrison," and he does. And then I'm going to become Great Lord, and I am Great Lord. And then he said, "So long as no trees rise to attack this castle, I will stay." Great Lord. Yeah. Because he says, if you're with me, raise your spears. And they, oh my, they everyone raises their spears. It was actually quite Aru. a hard moment. Yeah. Aru. <laughs> all raise their spears. They're all with him. It's great. And it's yeah. that night, they see the army advance, don't they, to the castle. And yeah. That's, and then the, the army's not advancing anymore. They're kind of like in the distance and they rise and, and they're kind of like, okay, we'll, we'll leave this here. And they go, a couple of them go to sleep and they've got the watches on. And the watches hear, here. All they can hear is like a chipping away, can't yeah, they? Yeah, chipping away. It's, it's a bit weird. Um, and this is where I'm going to get back to the birds. We don't see what's happening until the next morning mm-hmm. when Washizu wakes up and somebody bowls in and says, like, Washizu, you got to wake up. The trees are attacking the castle. Yep. The trees are attacking the castle. He rushes out. He looks out the window and basically sees the trees moving forward. Well, I saw a lot of fog. Um, <laughs> fog budget, <laughs> obviously. Some top of trees kind of like bowling forward. And a load of fog. Yeah. So, the reason the birds flew in... Are you getting this yet? Ah, uh, they left the trees because the they trees They left the trees because the trees were cutting down. Uh, it was an ominous sign. Just clicked. Just clicked. It's Mind nice. blown. It's nice. It was. It was a really nice little touch. Yeah, yeah. So it really was an ominous sign. The council were right. The birds were leaving the trees because they were being cut down to be used by... Norisu's army, the prince, Inui. Inui and and Miku's Miku's son. Miku's son. The awesome foursome. Yeah, the awesome foursome. Nice. So Wishizu tries to uh, round up his men again and say, put your lives on the line for me. Then he says, oh, you're not going to do this because what you're going to do is kill me and present my head surrender he called them cowards basically he called them out and said look you're all dicks you're all cowards and then they'd be like no we're not boss we'll fight for you but it doesn't, really, doesn't really go down with that does it doesn't go well because an arrow goes an yeah. arrow goes I've written down in capitals awesome arrow scene oh the <laughs> fucking awesome arrow the scene the awesome arrow scene so like you know I'm not talking about the, the, the he's getting hit in the there's chest there's the arrow scene and then there's the awesome the, there's the arrow scene, arrow scene. Arrow scene. he gets hit in the chest a couple of times he's running left Arrows are there, so he runs right. Arrows are there. Yeah, he's getting hit in the legs, the chest. He's going up the stairs, down the there's stairs. There's a big, there's a big shot of him, sort of like a mid-range shot. So you see him from his, from his chest, from you know, like his, his torso upwards. Yeah, it's just brilliant. And he's there, and he's staring at his men. And then boom, there's, there's a fucking cut. arrow comes out of nowhere. 
out of nowhere right through his neck. It's fucking brilliant. It's absolutely fantastic. Is that like, right? I was going to say it's the best part. The, of the best film. part of the film because it was this, this guy who's fallen into nothing, who's killed his best mate, he's killed his boss. His wife has poisoned his mind. You know, he, he's been taken over by power. Yeah, this is his comeuppance. And um, in unison, as this happened, oh shit! It was just a, a giant. Oh, oh shit! shit. It, it was, was amazing. Brilliant. It was great. It Absolutely was really good. Fantastic. Really good special effects as well. Really good special, Say special effects. effects, but really good makeup. Really yeah, it was more makeup. Make-up. It was more. It was more of like a. He stays perfectly still. There's a cut. The arrow is placed on him with and makeup, then and, then it, and then it's continued. Bit but like this podcast. Bit like this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but um, absolutely fantastic. Really good moment, and he dies. He dies in the fog. Oh god, it he takes dies him, in the fog. It, it takes two minutes for him to die, but Wushizu dies. He you know, he falls. Yeah, he falls three flights of stairs. He dies slowly, and then the fog goes in. There's a song. And then the castle oh, disappears. Yeah, it's, it's bookended by a song, isn't it? Castle disappears. And I actually wrote a note here because uh, one of the lyrics of that song is "Born of Consuming Desire," which I was quite relevant for the whole premise of Wishizu's kind of his destiny. Yeah. So Wishizu dies. Arathun and Mech. Fog rolls over, and then the castle disappears. And the film ends. And the film ends. Black. And it's yeah. Macbeth. It is. It is. The, it is the Japanese Macbeth. And yeah. We have read before uh, viewing the film that it would be. Uh, and a complete direct interpretation of Macbeth. So we were well aware that this was going to happen. Um, but I mean, where the fuck did the castle go? Yeah, the castle disappeared. Like it was just disappeared and it was replaced by a grave or a marker. Yeah, like, I can't read Japanese, but I'm pretty sure it was Wichuzu's grave. This brings me back to that's the film I want to see. I want to see Spider's Web Castle come on. Because when I first heard of Spider's Web Castle, I thought fucking He-Man and the Masters Universe. <laughs> I was well excited. I was completely fucking stoked. This is going to be some badass This is going to be amazing. Oh. Spider's Web Castle? Oh shit, if they find that, there's, there's going to be a, a fucking battle. There's got to be a battle, but not only that, once they do the battle, they're going to have to battle a giant spider, right? They have to. Yeah, why there, not? There's got to be a giant spider. It's called Spider's Web Castle. Spider's but fucking live in the forest, man. Mate. Oh. But there's none of that. None of that. Yeah, it's it just sort of disappears. Yeah. We sort of just went, oh, oh God. It's it was just really noble, proud Japanese people <laughs> walking around with a stern look on their face, um, taking no shit. <laughs> so um, that's sort of the summary of the entire film that we've spoken of for at least 37 minutes too long. I know the point of this is to take these 250 films, all that should have great expectations because they've been voted one of the greatest exactly. 250 exactly. films of all time exactly. yep. I had absolutely zero expectation for this film because when we pulled the name out of the hat or no history no, no history, history you sort of went oh it's Throne of Blood what? yeah yeah Throne of Blood mate no 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 absolutely nothing we googled it on the train that's alright it's Japanese Macbeth that's that's my uh, expectation right there and apart from it being an incredibly tough watch it was really hard in some points to, mm. to sit here you know, one pizza, one glass of gin into this film, worrying that, have we chosen the wrong film to start this off? I came in with nothing, and you know what? I really enjoyed it. Oh, dude, I'm so glad you said that. Because... I really enjoyed it. It was there, there were some bits where I was sitting there thinking, yeah. oh, this is tough. This is, I actually really don't like this. I don't like Asagi's nylon tracksuit. It's really <laughs> putting me off. Yeah. I, I don't like I'm the noises. Never another Japanese woman like that. You know, again. yeah, it's just not, it's just not doing it for me. But the entire story arc, this adaptation of it was it was really enjoyable. 
Totally agree, man. In terms of expectations, when, when, upon hearing that it was a adaptation of Macbeth, um, I'm not one for um, interest in historical English, and especially when I was at school, I didn't pay attention in English, and I have a very bad vocabulary, which you probably already gauged. I thought, God, this is going to be fucking boring, man. I'm going to hate this. And it's a film that film that's been made in 1957. My attention span doesn't really kind of take along anyway. So I thought it's black and white. Is, yeah, it's subtitled. It's, it's but you know what? Sort of old Japan. I'm gonna make break it down easily. It was better than I expected. It was better than I expected, which is really good because that's what we're supposed to be doing. It's been voted 250 greatest films of all time. I just can't wait for the day where someone goes. And I have a conversation about film with someone that I've never met before and they go, hey man, have you ever seen uh, Throwing the Bullet? I go, yes, I fucking have. Yes, I have seen that film. And it was terrible. But I saw that film. <laughs> it was better than expected, but it's still bad. Oh no, you, do you think it's bad? Um, I mean, obviously, I've right? Never, uh, I'm going to remember it because of this moment. Because yeah. there's always those things. But if, if I watch this at uh, film studies or if I watch this uh, just on the off chance, I don't think I'd remember it as much as... A lot of other films, but I mean, 250 is a long, a big fucking a big list, right? So I reckon, rating wise, the rating should be: Would you watch this film again? Oh shit, that's a fucking good question, man. So obviously, if it, if it meets your expectations, you're like, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. Would you watch this film again of I your love, own volition? I'm gonna go with my initial thought, and that's no. I'm going to join you. I'm going to say no. I'm never going to watch that again. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, at no point in I'm, my pr- I'm, I'm pleased that I watched oh, it. Oh, yeah. I, enjoy, well, I enjoyed I, the experience well, of watching it, but I'm never going to watch it again. Yeah. At no point will I be like, oh, Vix, what do you want to do? Vix, my wife, by the way. Do you want to pop on a film? What's your favourite? Should, should we watch some Star Wars? Oh, no, let's watch that uh, 1957 adaptation of Macbeth from Feudal Japan, Throne of Blood. Nah. Yeah. Nah, it's not yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's fucking A, man. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Exceeding my expectations. This is Never going to watch it again. Exceeding expectations. Yeah, exceeding yeah. expectations. Didn't meet great expectations because I had none in the first place. It's all right. Enjoyable. Never That's why watch film again. is so accessible to everyone because it's all about based on opinions and any film can capture anyone's imagination and that's the beauty of it. It's why we're doing this. It's why we're doing this. Because we fucking love cinema, man. Love cinema. We love cinema. I've, I've, I've read through that list and I've not seen more than a handful of those Do you know films. what? I've avoided that list ever since we decided to do this podcast. I scrolled through and I was like, oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Oh, I've not seen that. I'm pretty sure I should have seen that, but I've not seen it. No, yeah, I've not seen yeah, it. Nope, yeah, yeah. nope. I, 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 oh, that's nice. Wally's at like number 47. I hate that. Oh, God. Anyway. Wow. That's, maybe... a, that's, that's a story for another episode, because <laughs> that's going to be an argument. It's a good, good, it's a good, <laughs> it's a good time to uh, call it quits, man. Guys, thank you for listening, if you have listened. Yeah, thanks to all of our two people that have downloaded this, one of them being Dan and one of them being me, <laughs> to, to, to try and get us on any sort of list. Um, um, this is great expectations. This um, is great expectations. We, we plan to have many different There will be issues. at and least 249 other well, episodes. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have guests as well. The more we do this, the better it will get. Yeah, this one was probably a bit of a clusterfuck. But, you know, we had to start somewhere, and we started here. So, um, thank you. Throne of Blood, nine fifty-seven. Great expectations. Sort good of, film. We'll never see it again. Yeah, a great, uh, not a great film. A good film. A good that, film. I'm a good never, film. I will never see this again. You watch once, and then you'll never ever watch. It. Kind of like a, would you call it a one-night stand? That is exactly what it is. We're going to kind of metaphor this. This is, yeah. this is a one-night stand that you'll never go back to. Okay, so you have a good evening and uh, have a one-night stand with Throne of Blood. So, for the end of our first episode, we need to decide what we're going to watch next time. 
What are we going to watch next time? Well, that all goes down to the random kind of thought of ourselves, Kieran. I picked 221 last time. It's up to you, my I think friend. I gave you the range of 200 to 250. So what I'm going to do this time, I think we should do 100 to 150. Do you think? Mm. 100 to 150. So let's go 117. Let's 117 on the 19th of December 2015. And that number is. And we're going Controller, to do this live. 117. Raging Bull! Amazing. You know what? I've never seen it. I have seen it, but it was a very long time ago. De Niro's finest, apparently. Apparently. Um, rated 8.2. On the Richter on the scale. IM, on the Richter scale. <laughs> <laughs> on the IMDb scale. Um, never seen it, which is probably quite a shock to some people, because it is. Con- if it is considered Al Pacino's finest work. I'll say Raging Bull's cult. I ain't seen it. But uh, join us next time, where we review Raging Bull. Raging Bull? Oh, I'm excited now. That's a good film, huh? Apparently. Well, according to great expectations, but you know, whatever. We'll find well, out. Well, Kate, okay. I mean, just, just uh, interject here. What's your expectation of Raging Bull? Oh, I've heard quite a lot about it, you know. I've, I've seen the slow motion clips. I've, You know, it's been parodied quite a lot. It's a weird one, throwing a blood. Nothing. No expectations. This one, I'm going in quite high. Like, I'm expecting. I'm expecting to be blown away. I always think of De Niro in, like, in the 80s and the 70s. Like, Taxi Driver 1, you know, you're talking to me. You were talking to me. And Raging Bull, um... I can't think of any kind of cult lines that have come from that. Anything that is in in popular culture that's been used. Uh, no, it's, it's it's not the lines. It's it's the cinematography. Exactly. It's the exactly. black and white flashes. Exactly. It's the slow motion that's my point. That's my point. Um, it's a film that is kind of very based on cinematography and the way it was shot. Mm. So my expectation of Razor Bond is pretty fucking high. Mine is two. Shit, this could be. Our oh, first. this could be the first. Did not meet expectations out of two podcasts that we've done. Yeah. Find out next week. Drink gin.